0: what is good let's have some fun it's the fundamism podcast with your host paul J. long and all things fun we'll let the fun begin Woo! What is good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Paul Long here at the Fundamism Podcast, as always, bringing joy, fun, and fulfillment to you and yours. Our goal, of course, every single podcast is to identify ways to introduce a little more fun in life. And we do that Through the help of guests. And our guest this week is super awesome. She is a local TV personality here in Kansas City. I've seen her at... Man, countless charity events. I've never heard her say no uh, <laughs> at all to anybody that asks her for help. Miss Abby Eden is with us today. How are you, Abby?
1: I'm great. How are you, Paul?
0: I'm fantastic. So, Abby, I know that you're an ambassador for our lovely city here in Kansas City, and we have listeners all over the nation. And I like to say that uh, that this is the the best kept secret in the Midwest, right? Like, yes. I'm cool with people not knowing how amazing totally Kansas City cool is. Yes. Um, but one of the uh, one of the cool companies that we have. Here locally is a company called Charlie Hustle and they're actually sponsoring the Fundamism podcast. So Ah. shout out to Charlie Hustle. We appreciate your support. So Abby, first question right off the bat, everybody wants to know, what do you do for fun, sister?
1: All right, for fun right now, uh, it is really rare that Tyler, my daughter, and I get time together just hanging out, and so I know that this is way different than maybe what I would have said fun was five years ago, but now it is being at home, hanging out, and making Dot laugh, Dot is my daughter, and um, going on walks, and just... Together, family time, just the three of us. It is so precious, and that is when I'm the most joyful. Awesome, yeah, it's awesome.
0: So, Tyler's your hubby, <laughs> yes. And I had the opportunity to meet Tyler at Eric Berry's, um, yeah, uh, his, camp. his camp that uh-huh. he does for kids, and that was amazing. And Tyler's a great dude that's always with you out in the community as well. So, yeah. I can obviously relate to uh, to being a parent. We have two at home, and uh, you know, oftentimes. When you're a business professional, like you are, and all of a sudden, you have a child, throws, throws a wrench into your routine. Yeah. So, I'm sure there's a lot of moms out there wondering how did you deal with that transition <laughs> and, uh, and what do you do now to balance all of those things?
1: Well, I, I'm definitely still figuring it out. Um, Dot is only four months old, and oh man, it's hard. <laughs> so, if there are moms out there who are wondering, you know, what are they going to do? How are they going to make it through? I'm learning just like anyone else is. I uh, one big thing that has been really helpful is having really awesome women around me, um, and being open myself with all of my struggles um, as a new mom with other women. It makes them feel a little more vulnerable to to break down their own walls and talk to you about what they went through and how they dealt with the issues. So I think being vulnerable towards other women is the best thing to do because if you act like you've got your stuff together. People are either going to resent you a little bit, mm-hmm. or they are going to know that you're lying. Sure, or they're not going to feel comfortable saying, you know, hey, by the way, if you're having issues with this, <laughs> this might help. Um, so. I'm trying to get through it. Um, it's it's difficult. It's f- hard finding time for yourself, for your husband, for your kid. Um, I'm trying now to make an hour for myself every day where I actually exercise. Um, because actually
0: exercise as opposed to... As
1: opposed to pretending to exercise <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> while checking my phone 10 times yes. to make sure my daughter's okay. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, really just spending that time so that I get my body and my mind and everything more physically fit for everyone else. And that way, if I have an hour every day, I feel a little bit more in balance. Sure. So that started this week. So that's how much of a transition I'm going through right now. Wow. Well,
0: first of all, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Because I know the importance for me, and we were talking about this before we started today. Mm. Um, the importance for me and fitness mm. is is it's critical to my mindset. And oftentimes I think that you know society looks at individuals that work out or, or you know uh, take care of themselves, and, and you, you think of, of vanity you know, as a potential reason in that. and for me specifically, I know that when I don't work out uh, or I'm not listening to music through my workout. I feel miserable. Like I don't feel like I'm adding value. I'm a terrible husband uh, I'm not present in the things that i'm doing So the moment that I go up to the gym and I get a good workout in I feel amazing And that's one of my core fundamentals or fundamentalism, if you will so mm-hmm. You mentioned a lot of different things that you do for fun. Fitness is another. I would also like to compliment you. Four months removed from a baby, and you (laughs) look phenomenal. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Also, not without uh, not not without some created heartache. So you're in the limelight regularly. Mm -hmm. Like you're on the news, Fox Four News, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, and we were talking a little bit about you know folks, fans uh, reaching out to you regularly. So is that something that commonly happens like people reach out and
1: yeah all the time yes uh, we can't go anywhere without someone stopping us um, I can't even go for a run in you know and I've got my hair up I've got my makeup <laughs> off and people will honk their horns as they're driving by me Abby sure um, typically it's really awesome um, I love being able to meet people out in the public usually they're super super nice occasionally they're not nice right um, I I had some run ins like a week after I had Dot with, um, well, one person in particular who was just so mean to me and it was Mother's Day and I couldn't believe it. Like um, what
0: specifically?
1: Uh, they said that they were, enjoying the person who is replacing me on the air for the time being. So why don't you go ahead and take your time? I'm in no hurry for you to get back on TV. And I was like, it's Mother's Day. So um, that was, and that's okay. You know, you're not going to please everybody. Um, But it, it has been really fun. And I tend to be a little bit of a mama bear when I'm out with Dot. And I'm learning how to break down my walls a little bit with that as well, because I have noticed that people feel like they know us so well that genuinely in their heart, they feel like they know my daughter and uh-huh. they care about her. Yeah. And that is really cool. And I'm starting I'm to shift my mindset <laughs> to think like, there are so many people who care about her and who want what's best for her. And that's really unique. So um, it's really cool to have so many people in Kansas city um, know who we are, know our names, even though know, they know my husband's name, they know our dog's name. Right. And it's, I'm trying to not be so protective sure. and open my heart a little bit. So, but, yeah.
0: I mean, so all awesome things. And it's great that you're working through that. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why I connect with you personally is because, first of all, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about vulnerability. Um, Rob, I'm smiling at you, our camera guy here, uh, and just all around great guy. We did a podcast earlier today and vulnerability was a thread that came up multiple times throughout mm-hmm. and we have a podcast, a solo cast that I did, Vulnerability and Growth. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best characteristics that anybody can express instead, especially if you want to drive strong, trust-built relationships. So I admire that. Uh, in addition, you saying that I need to be a little more accepting of people and, and, um, and wanting to share a part in my family because you know we're a good community and all that stuff. But... In all honesty, uh, sometimes our society could be a scary place as well. And yes. so you don't always know where people are coming from. So right. I could totally see where, while I admire you saying, I need to get more comfortable with that, you have to be a little guarded, especially as a mother, because you don't know when somebody's going to try to pick up your kid and yeah. say, oh, Dad, it's great to see. And you don't know them from Adam, right? Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's definitely a lesson in reading people. Luckily, uh, that's part of my job. Sure. Um, and so I, I'm trying to... Take those lessons that I've learned from reading people and reading situations, um and trying to figure out, okay, are they being nice? Are they being sort of creepy? Sure. Right, so, um, but honest to goodness, so many people in Kansas City are genuinely nice that we've had a pretty good run of most people just being super happy and sweet.
0: Best kept secret in the Midwest.
1: Don't tell anybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I would like to think that this is getting some national attention bigger than I am, but it's not yet sister. (laughs) Maybe you being on here is going to be the catalyst, right? right. (laughs) So, um, Speaking of speaking of fitness and work and balance and all that stuff, uh, I asked you to be on the podcast. And of course, you didn't hesitate. You said, uh, yeah, I would love to. And I, I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I said, do you mind if we film? And you said, uh, I'm I'm coming straight from the gym. Does yeah. that bother you? <laughs> and I said, not at all. You'll be on camera. Does it bother you? And you said, no, like this is me. And, and I want people to accept me for me. So now learning that this is your first week back to the gym yeah. and that you're really starting your regimen and you're about as authentic as. They come. Is that something that you've always had, or is that something that you've kind of found over time in the growth of yourself?
1: Um, it's it's a little bit of both. I think uh, when when I first started out on TV, especially, you think that you're supposed to be a certain type of person. Right. You know, you're supposed to talk a certain way. You're supposed to look a certain way. Um, and I think it's really my mom who basically was like. You don't talk like that. That's not how you act. Who are you? And just be yourself. Um, and so she had a, a big part to do with it. You know, I, I don't like this character you're playing, sort of thing. Um, be yourself. And I think that was a big part of it. I also had this great friend down in Texas at my first job. Her name was Noelkis Rodriguez. Is
0: it still named?
1: Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And are he you still Noelcus friends too? We are still <laughs> okay. friends. It's right.
0: um, all past tense. I just wanted yeah. to make sure. I'll Check it in.
1: <laughs> and she always said, she was from Miami, and she would always say, oh, Abby, In Miami, they're crazy on TV, and I want to be in Miami. And so I'm going to be crazy on TV, and I want you to be crazy with me. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, just be yourself. And she was totally herself, and I ended up being totally myself, and it worked. And um, so I think I just kind of realized people like it better when you don't put on a front. Mm. And I know that sounds crazy that you have to learn that, but I did. Um And it's worked for me. And, and like you said, it, it's built trust with people because um, no one has all of their stuff together sure. all the time. Right. And, and no one likes looking at someone who's like, I'm perfect. <laughs> all the time. I am not. And, and I, yeah, so it's, it's been a good lesson.
0: Well, so all of the things that you're referencing right now and, in, in uh, what makes you, you and authenticity and vulnerability, they fall right under the header of what I call your foundation. And that's the fun and, um, or the F rather in fun. So all, all great content, uh, to really be specific at individual growth and trying to figure out what makes you, you and how to get through challenging times and all of that stuff. Speaking of authenticity, you you, uh, you made uh, quite the splash recently <laughs> oh, um, no. I, didn't, I didn't know that you were such a strong dancer, <laughs> and uh, uh, lo and behold I'm, I'm going through my Twitter feed and all of a sudden I see I see like a million views on this one particular. What oh, yeah. was that all about?
1: I mean, I think worldwide we've probably had close to 20 million views of this video. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Of all the days and things. Okay, so... You nailed it. There was, a, there was something about Fortnite. We yep. had a random story. And people in Kansas City know that our show is really loose. And we break script all the time. We don't read from the teleprompter very often. Um, and so there's this story about Fortnite. And uh, the woman who's reading it, Kim, who's awesome, she has teenagers. And Nick... Um, One of the other anchors has a 10-year-old boy, and I have teenage nieces and nephews. So, we are all in Fortniteville sure. in our lives. Like, that's all my nieces and nephews were talking about the weekend before. So, we're like, oh, Fortnite. And then we're all thinking, man, what are those dance moves? Those are crazy. And then we're like, yeah, and this one, and then this one. And it just literally organically happened because oftentimes we forget we're even on TV. Sure. And so, we're all doing this thing and we're dancing. And we're like, ha ha ha, that was goofy. Right. And they put it on the website because they like to show some of our goofy moments on our website and because that's kind of our thing on Fox 4. Um, And all of a sudden it's picked up by all of these Instagrammers and made into memes and made into other videos and we look
0: awesome uh, is is the word that you're looking for. We look like we're
1: having a lot of fun and we were having a lot of fun. Um, But boy do I looked at myself and I was like oh you are Old. Oh, you have not, not <laughs> you have reached the point where that is no longer cool. Oh, you know, I think, well, I don't first know of that all, was what was you ever were doing. Cool. Was, never, was, that cool. was never cool. It was never cool. And I never made it look cool. Um, I'll have to tell you about a funny tweet that I got one time when I thought I was being cool out in Westport. <laughs> um, so I, was, I never look cool dancing. And then also, if I knew that was the day I was going to go viral, I would have worn a different outfit. I <laughs> would have done my hair differently. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. I'm still getting messages from people that I haven't talked to in years. Is this you? Yeah, that's me. Finest moment. The funny thing about the
0: whole thing is, um, so I follow on Instagram a couple of really choice uh, um content creators, Uh one of which is called the grape juice boys. And so they do all these memes and gifts and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, make fun of white people a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so of course your video pops up with a (laughs) caption about white people stop or something like that. And I was like, yes, they nailed it.
1: (laughs) I mean, we just looked. We looked like we had kids who were doing Fortnite things, and we were trying to be cool like them. But you know what?
0: <laughs> the thing that I admire I mean, it's about it—it so it goes back to what your your, your story about Miami uh-huh. and and being a newscaster down there. Um, so many of our decisions. And I hate to keep using the same content, but it's it keeps coming up in conversation. So many of our decisions in life are based off of what we feel others are going to do or say or think about us. And so when you find somebody that's just willing to be authentic in themselves and have fun mm-hmm. and doesn't have a care in the world, man, that's like, those are the folks that I gravitate towards. And those are the yeah. people that... that individuals want to hear their news from or want to be their politicians uh, please help us somebody please <laughs> hey do you oh, want to man. run for office oh no right, no right.
1: <laughs> i think oh man i could say a lot about that but no um yeah you know i just there's so much that's manufactured right now in our world sure and we are inundated with manufactured images and speeches and um people and just everything is fake mm. it feels like and so I think people are looking for real in yes. a world that can be photoshopped and re-recorded and uh just you know uh, touched up everything so yeah it's way more fun just to be yourself and to be a big fool about it yes I yeah. agree and, <laughs> and
0: you wear that you wear that hat well. <laughs> So, uh, personal foundation, the uh-huh. F and fun. So, we talked about authenticity. We've talked about vulnerability. Talked a little bit about uh, your work. Um, talk to me about, and our listeners, you know, I don't turn on the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, fundamentalism is, is a philosophy that I live my life through in everything that I do. I mean, I, I find it important... And of course, if you're just joining us, fundamentalism are the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. So simply put, it's just gravitating more towards the things that give you strength mm-hmm. uh, than the things that tear you down. So it's not to say that you can't you can't grieve or you can't sulk when things aren't going your way or you can't reflect when something is challenging. It's just not doing it for so long that it negatively impacts you personally and the things that you do, the behaviors that you that you exhibit, and ultimately the the things that you get into. So. For me, turning on the news right now is just absolutely miserable. I mean, especially the political structure and all the opinions right now mm. of folks and everybody feels the need to share, and, which is, it's fine so long as you can have a civil conversation about it, but that's not the case with a lot of individuals. So here's my question. I avoid the news because I feel like it's going to negatively impact my mind state uh, or my mental state. You're in the news mm. all day, every day. It's like what you do. So how do you listen to all these stories and and find tragedy and, and everything that's out there and still keep a sane mind?
1: Oh, gosh. It is really hard. Um, I have a lot to say about that because it's changed a lot. Um, first of all, you learn really early on that you have to com- compartmentalize. And that was a lot easier for me before I was a mom. Mm. Um I read a story when I was about two and a half months pregnant and no one was supposed to know I was pregnant and I was on TV and it moved me to tears. And I had about 20 people call in and say, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, of course I wasn't ready to tell people I was. But um, it changes everything when you have a child, especially when you're reading a story about a child who's in pain or was hurt or even worse by a family member or whoever. Um, and so it has become a lot harder. So my rule for the most part is when I get home, I don't check my work email and I don't watch the news and I um, stay out of it completely. When I'm at work, I'm, that's my job, but that's while I'm there. When I'm home, I no longer am a news junkie. I used to watch the news nonstop. I used to listen to the news nonstop. I would look at Twitter, email, everything. I can't do it anymore. Um, you have to have a healthy balance. And I, I can't do it with my, with my daughter mm. because whenever I hear it, it, it affects me so much. Um, that's not to say that when I'm at work and doing my job that I am not affected, but I have learned to compartmentalize. Um, when I covered Joplin... While I was down there, I almost never cried, and it was the saddest uh, place I have ever been Mm. in so many ways. Also, one of the most amazing places. Sure. Um, But I didn't shed a tear, really, until about three weeks after I got back, and the enormity of what I had seen sunk in, and I think I cried for almost a week straight um i think that contributed to a lot of other emotional issues for me um because that was devastating and so compartmentalizing works until it doesn't sure so it's hard, it's a struggle um there's a lot of really horrible things that happen to people and um unfortunately it's my job to talk about it yeah so
0: well it um, says a lot about you that um that first of all you know, there's there's something, and we reference this in a recent podcast: uh, compassion fatigue for nurses and doctors that are that are amidst you know heartache and pain all the time, and sometimes they feel guilty because they they see somebody going through the struggle, and they they don't necessarily feel it anymore because they see it so much that they're they're numb to it. And so, it says a lot about you that you can still get emotional. Um, By talking about Joplin, for those of you guys that don't know, they had a terrible... Was it an F5?
1: Yeah, it was an F5. It's the deadliest uh, tornado in the United States in history. Um, And uh, and, over 160 people died um, in one day in several minutes' time. And people lost their homes. Um, The city lost a lot of its infrastructure. And it was everywhere you turned. Someone had lost someone, and they did not see it coming. I mean, right. there were there were warnings, but it was it was it was awful. It was awful. And um, I never was afraid of tornadoes. I grew up in Nebraska, so you watched when they came. And I was you outside. Got, yeah, you got excited. Yes. Yeah, and it was a tornado. And look at the sky. And I. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified of tornadoes now. I have dreams about them. Um, and so I can't imagine what people who lived it feel because I was there in the aftermath. And that's so much less um, alarming than what they all went through. So yeah, it's still, it bothers me every, every May 22nd, I think about it.
0: Wow. Well, uh, again, it says a lot about you that you could still get emotional. listening to that um, and telling that story. You know, one of the things that I've never had the experience of getting to chat with you so much on a personal level. I mean, we've connected at various churches. And, you know, I got the opportunity to, to volunteer down in Joplin as well. I'm starting to wonder if there's ever been a charity or foundation that you've worked with that I didn't subsequently uh, join forces with just because, I, listen, I, I like to find a good leader and just do everything that they're doing. So you keep blazing the trail, sister. I'm going to follow your every move. Well,
1: I love it because we definitely need more people like you to help well, those causes. You. I mean, you're so awesome at, you. at spreading your positivity and just getting people rallied around a cause.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And that's something that we share in common. And when I'm getting to know you uh, or getting to know more about you now in exploring your, your foundation, and what makes you tick. And what I believe so many of our listeners can relate to is on the outside, we see you on air mm-hmm. and we see you out of these events. And Abby, you were always smiling and you're always so cordial and you're always so nice and sweet and thoughtful. And now you're a mom and and you're like a part of our family because like everybody starts their morning with you, right? <laughs> and now, you know, in talking to you, we're talking about the challenges of motherhood and finding yourself and and obviously, you know, Getting through the challenging stories that you that you have to report on and all that stuff. And people could see the opposite end of the spectrum and that it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Mm-hmm. But the the extended point here is you got a lot of stuff going for you. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily go the way that you want it to, or the way that society feels like it should, but you're finding a way to balance it all, at least based on what I see and what you've, you've you've communicated thus far. And it's a constant grind. You mentioned constant, that. You yeah. haven't figured it yeah. out. But it sure seems like you're making strides. Was there a moment in your life where you didn't know that you could balance those things?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I went through a really rough patch. Uh, I would say it was five years ago. Um, and I, I went through a really deep depression. Mm. Um, and I, uh, re- I really struggled really, really struggled, um, with a lot of different issues and I didn't feel like not only, I didn't feel like I could keep being on TV. I didn't feel like I could ever be a wife or a mom or, um, a productive member of society. Even. Sure. You know, I, um, I really went through, a, it's a lot of pressure, yes. you know, and I, and then I put added pressure on myself. And so, um, I went through a, about a full year of really um intense struggles and um somehow pulled through uh, with a lot of help a lot of help um from professionals and new friends and family um and then you know I that taught me a lot I I know people fear hitting rock bottom I hit rock bottom um you know when you when you end up in the hospital for um, mental issues, you know that yes. you've hit rock bottom, and um, and I did, and it was awful, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And um, working through that, and knowing that I never wanted to be there again, and then finding out how many people cared sure. about my success and about my future and about me as a person, it was the it was the best thing to ever happen to me.
0: Abby, so. i am uh, I am in absolute awe of you i uh so it's very rare, very rare mm-hmm. as you uh can attest for someone to be one hundred percent honest and open and oftentimes I get the opportunity to chat with you know kids high school middle school it's not my target audience mm-hmm. um but I get the opportunity to every now and again. And I think it's important oftentimes when people see individuals like you Mm -hmm. or myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like outwardly, I'm always, at least what you would, you see, very happy and 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 fun and all that stuff. And people ask me as a motivational speaker, Paul, can you motivate me? And I always say, no, it's not possible for me to motivate you. That comes from within, but Mm -hmm. I could create an environment where you might feel motivated and tell you what I do. And then they go on and they say, do you have bad days? And I say, of course I have bad days. Like, I have thought about doing terrible things to myself, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. what I think sucks is that society has looked at conversations like that as faux pas. Mm-hmm. And they they say, people say, well, that's just wrong. Like, I remember having these conversations with my family members mm-hmm. and they say, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly normal. Yeah. I think that everybody goes through a moment in their life where you feel like you've hit rock bottom and you cannot possibly get out of this moment. Yeah. But you do, yeah. And and you're sitting here across from me today, burying your soul <laughs> with a smile on your face and tears in your eyes. And people are going to hear this, Abby, and they're gonna they're gonna grow as a result. And they're gonna say, "Gosh damn it!" If somebody on Fox Four News <laughs> has been through that and knows what I'm coping with in my own head, and she made it through, then maybe just maybe I can do it too. So this means so. the world.
1: I hope so, um, because you know there's. You know, I could go on for a long time about that, but you know, everything looked so perfect. Yes, and I went through that a lot. I really struggled with ever telling anybody, and it wasn't really until, gosh, this last year that I started feeling comfortable talking to people. When you got when you got pregnant, when I got pregnant, (laughs) everything changes when you get pregnant.
0: Uh, I can relate. (laughs) I know exactly what you're saying. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Uh, No, it's just because I stopped. I stopped wanting to hide that part because it was becoming such a problem. And I thought, man, you know, if if one person hears me and thinks to themselves, she went through it, but she doesn't look like she went through Mm. it, you know, then maybe that could help them. And maybe that would help them realize that so many people went through it. Um, Anthony Davis gave me a lot of courage because he shared his story at the Speak Up Walk last year, um, which is um, to it's basically to end the stigma of mental illness. And he talked about his own struggle and he played for the NFL. right? I mean, I, he's, you know, strong guy, good looking guy, got a lot going for him. And you're like, and I kind of thought you went through it right? and he's talking about it. Right. I can talk about it. Yes. And, um, he gave me a lot of courage. So after, after hearing him, really, that's when I kind of thought it's time yeah. to start being a little more open about it.
0: Well, I'm certainly appreciative, and I think that that is a perfect segue into the you of fun, which is understanding others' perspectives. And it sounds like you regularly take the time to just understand that others are going through things as well, and that they could benefit from a little bit of help as you did when you were going through the struggle, right? And to your point about sometimes everything looks perfect on the outside, and you never know. One of my favorite speakers in the whole entire world uh, is a gentleman who's no longer with us. He's the whole reason why I'm in this field. His name is Keith Harrell. We hired him at Farmer's Insurance when I was fresh out of college to come in and do a keynote speech. And he told a story about his grandmother who told him once, don't ever judge the face if you can't judge the heart. Mm -hmm. You never know where someone's been in life and you don't know what they're going through. So growing up, your grandma gave you so many smiles. So if someone doesn't have one, you bless them with one of your own. That resonated with me. And in that moment, I didn't realize that motivational speaking was a job, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't know what this guy does, but I like him. <laughs> and so hearing you and your story and understanding others' perspectives, I feel like you take that that whole quote or mantra and put it into practice in your philanthropic efforts, in the newscasts that you do, in your interactions with others. So, what has been the biggest thing that you've learned in connecting with people? Because I'm I'm certain that that was a process for you to to learn over time.
1: Yeah, definitely, it was. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is people are a lot stronger than they give themselves credit for. Um, and unfortunately, I have to see people going through the hardest times, and I am amazed amazed at what some people have gone through and how resilient they can be after they go through the worst stuff and i have learned people are inherently good um i think that obviously there are some people who do horrible things mm. but um i have rarely met people that i think man they are just they're just rotten to the <laughs> yeah, core yeah they're
0: the devil yeah
1: they're there are very Few people that I've ever met.
0: I feel like I know one right off the top of my oh, head. Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh oh. But like they're in the limelight <laughs> all the time. And if I brought it up, like okay. it would make a, a far more deep conversation that would get everybody super oh, opinionated. But
1: Okay. Huh. <laughs> well, now I'm wondering. Uh, but yeah, no. So I, golly, I mean, I love really talking to people and getting to know them and getting to know them at the, worst times of their lives and the best times of their lives. Because that's when you really know someone, I think. And that has been the coolest experience in interviewing people and having the job that I have. Man. How do you get them
0: to... Because this is perfect. And this is something that I think that all of our listeners can benefit from. So... Too often, I think that we get into situations where we want to learn more about other people and we find ourselves asking the same questions that everybody else is. And as a result, people don't really open up. Mm-hmm. So how or what has been most effective for you in, in creating conversation?
1: Uh, you know, I think letting them talk and just being quiet. Um, I think a lot of times people want to fill the silence and so I've learned it's better for me just to sit there and stare at them <laughs> when they're talking and they finish talking, they finish a thought, and then you just sit there and stare a little bit more mm. and see what else comes out. Yes. Um, and not to talk so much.
0: You know how many people are so <laughs> uncomfortable in silence and like how awkward that is for some. But it's magical. Like it's something that I've struggled with my life, like my whole life, because I've always been a talker. But I've definitely found the impact that one can make if you just stop talking and start listening. So next steps, thinking through your journey, the things that you've been through, uh, both, both the strongest and most memorable, both positive and negative, and the biggest challenges right, that you mm-hmm. faced, rock bottom to hear you say it. What, what is, what's the one thing that you would advise people going through a challenge in their life right now?
1: Uh, I, gosh, so much. Um, I think one big thing to know if you're really going through something difficult is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so don't, you know, don't go down the dark path. Yes. Try to find your light mm. and try to find the thing that makes you go and the thing that makes you tick. Um, And go for it. Because people are a lot more accepting and willing to help, then you give them credit for, um, this is a for example, I love to run. Um, I'm bad at it. I'm not fast.
0: How are you bad at um, running? Like, what does that even mean? Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Friends, the episode where Phoebe runs?
0: Yes. Yeah. That's how no, you run? I mean, kind
1: of, <laughs> but slower. Okay. I'm a mess, but I love it. And so I joined a running club and... I didn't know anybody and I reached out to this girl that I had met a few times who's now one of my closest friends and was there with other people who were running who I'd never met before. And I'm like, whatever, I just have to meet people. I'm just going to start talking to random people. And I met two of my closest friends by doing that and they helped really pull me out of that really hard time. And so I had to force myself to be unafraid. Um, I had to force myself to find the thing that made me happy and pursue it even though I was bad at it. Right. And um doing a lot of things that scare you could in my experience be the things that get you out of that challenge. I think a lot of our challenges are fear based. Yes. And um you know my husband and I are traveling next week with our baby. And I'm your terrified. your nervous wreck. <laughs> I'm <laughs> terrified and I told myself yesterday because I was thinking about backing out and I said why do I not want to go? I don't want to go because I'm scared, mm. and I'm not going to let that be what stops me. Good anymore. for you. So, um, yeah, it, I think I hope that helps. No, Definitely. it helped me, <laughs> yeah. and
0: uh, and I think it resonates most with me because I know that the bulk of growth takes place when you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That, that's why you're you're not with comfort is because it's something that you've experienced or rather haven't experienced before. And so it's out of your norm. And as a result, you don't know what to do and you don't know how to respond. And so, so much of that is driven by fear. So force yourself to pull the covers off of your head, get out of bed, go do something fun, find somebody or something that you enjoy doing and have a little more fun. Abby Eden it's been an absolute blessing to have you. I am, uh, I am even more enamored with you today than I was before. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, as do our listeners. Um To learn more about Abby Eden, please tune in to Fox 4 locally here in Kansas City, uh, or just catch any social media outlet, because I'm sure they'll be doing some silly video here relatively soon that you'll catch her on.
1: Yeah, we always embarrass ourselves. Yes. Uh,
0: (laughs) Hey, it's only embarrassing if you allow it to be. That's true. That's right. I think it's it's awesome. So, Abby, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, again, if you want to learn more about Fundamism, visit Fundamism.com. We have our featured fundamentals every single month. So, if you don't know what gives you strength... Come to the site and uh, I'll provide you some options, something that you might potentially be able to do to pull yourself out of whatever headspace that you want to get out of and get into a uh, more positive one. Ultimately, if you're interested as well in learning more about fundamentalism, and you want to support pediatric cancer research through Noah's Bandage Project, you could visit or visit Noah'sBandageProject.com. Or you could swoop up the book that just went to publishing today, Abby. What? Fundamism, Connecting to Life Through Fun. So uh, it will be out relatively soon. A portion of proceeds will be going to Noah's Bandage Project. It features the story of Noah. Travis Kelsey actually wrote the forward. No kidding. Yeah. You may not know this, but I'm kind of a big deal.
1: Uh, Just, holy ask
0: cow. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much That's for so tuning cool. in. As always, we wish you an absolutely fun day, and we look forward to catching up with you on the flip side.